Well, hello and good morning and welcome to the Monday Main Point. It is Monday, March 21st, 2022, and we are here at Rosa Sharon Baptist Church. Um, I'm the Associate Pastor here, Jonathan Hendrickson, and I'm joined with the rest of our pastoral staff. That includes our Senior Pastor Jeff McCarthy, our uh, Student Pastor Jeremiah Custer, and our Children's Pastor Blake Flincham. Um, and we're glad to be here with you. We're, um, we're excited, to the four of us again, to be around the table and just to discuss uh, the Sunday message a little bit more. Um, we do this stuff anyway, um, and so we just like to kind of pull back the curtain, invite you into the room, and uh, uh, listen to the discussion as it happens. So um, this, uh, Jeff, you get, finally got to take the pulpit, and I'm excited at that for you. Uh, um, just, just on a, just you know, some personal stuff here. So, um, uh, have have you missed that? Have you missed being able to be there, being stand and preach, and, and things like that? What I mean, what's that been like for you? Um, yeah, in a way, I missed it. But when you're out of the rhythm of you know being in church and preparing and all that. It was kind of like a good break as well. It was kind of like getting a sabbatical. I was going to say it was a lot of sabbatical for you. It really was. Getting a sabbatical. But, uh, but I enjoyed, you know, uh, still watching the program and yeah. and things like that. So I, I felt like I was still connected with the church. And then, of course, I had a lot of people helping us out. So it wasn't like I was disconnected so far like a lot of people imagine could be. Yeah. I was still connected in some ways. I know for me. But, um, but yeah, it was kind of, but the thing is I did a funeral when I got hurt and I did my brother's funeral in between and then I did a funeral Saturday. <laughs> so so you know, it wasn't like um I didn't have opportunities to to speak and right teach right right. And then writing the blog kind of like my thoughts and all it was kind of like those were things that were going that I was mulling over and thinking about and meditating on was coming through there too. So Yeah, anybody So in a way I was doing sermon prep and stuff even though I really wasn't. Right. I was going to say anybody who's read your blog could see that you were it was it was your way of processing through some of the stuff that you're you're dealing with. I mean, you said yesterday in the sermon that, you know, 2021 was a year you probably probably like to forget this one was a, the fresh one it was the one a first one i wrote after after the injury and uh and my brother's death because it was for it was for january and it was like um i was probably going through some depression and things like that too mm-hmm. uh, during all really, that time because you know every questionnaire i had when yeah. i would eat check they were like ask you all those depression questions and I would be honest about it. Mm-hmm. And so then the doctors would ask you and then you'd explain your whole thing and you know, you saw when uh and I think Jeremiah was there when the ladies would come and I told them my story and my brother died and mm-hmm. my other brother and you know, so it was really because uh, you when you get injured you have that whole problem. Then when when you add that on top of it, that's why I thought about this whole falling into trials right you know, it's like you're in compass bomb it's the same word that jesus used uh when the man fell among thieves when he was doing the parable mm. the same exact word mm-hmm. so it wasn't just one thief it was several thieves that attacked that man and right. so so the picture of the idea of being surrounded right yeah right. so that's the right. picture james is picturing here because his audience the people he was writing to as i mentioned in the sermon had several different things coming at them from well, all this directions. Is, well, I mean, he's writing what? It, it, like you said, this is considered probably one of the earliest. Yes, yeah, this is probably books. even before the Gentiles. Yeah, so, so you're talking, he's mostly probably talking to Jewish people. Yes, his, Jewish his people, believers. And these would be people who were being persecuted probably by their own people, as well as the Romans, um, uh, for for holding to a, a Yeah, because when, when, you know, once the Gentiles start being reached and they go back to Jerusalem, James is one of the elders when they come and make the Jerusalem decision about the Gentiles coming in and what what would want to require them. Right. So so yeah, he was very instrumental in pre Gentile yeah. uh expansion of the gospel when the Jewish people when when Paul was coming in and then dispersing everybody. Yeah. So that's kind of the period that he was writing about and writing to. Yeah. I want to rewind back a little bit there because you said something that that, that I think is um well, I don't know. I'm 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 in, I'm particularly passionate about it because I watched my wife deal with it when we first when we were in college and and short, and even after that. Um, and a lot of people put stigma on depression, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 um, but you know most people aren't even willing to admit that they are depressed. And um, I appreciate the fact that you're saying, oh, you know, I probably was. You know, I was 
Um, I, if I had been in your shoes, I don't, I don't know how you go through what you just went through. I mean, and for people who weren't listening yesterday to the sermon, you know, you, you mentioned it yesterday, but you, you know, your, your mother dies in, in the early part of 2021, and then your uh, other brother died. Like I, that was shortly after, if I remember right. Yeah, it was, it was September. Like, yeah, and then, <clears throat> then you had the fall the day after Thanksgiving, which, mm-hmm. you know, was not only physically painful, but I'm sure emotionally straining for you as well. Especially because when you consider from a pastoral perspective, that's like the worst possible. That's that's the busiest time of year for us yes. in, in, oh, yeah. in, in the church is right there from from the Friday after Thanksgiving forward all the way to the end of the yeah. year. You're really busy doing all and kinds of things. And then my brother was going through what he was going through, and I couldn't be there with the family during his decision about having surgery. Right, because you're homebound. And, and even after yeah. he was cut, recovering, they they were able to go see him and in the hospital and everything. And then once he dies, then you know, yeah. Then that's when you like it all comes crashing down. And it's like you know what in the world is going on here? Did you ever? Did you ever have a moment where I, I know some people do this? And that, like, did you ever have a moment? And I, and this relates to the message too. Yeah. You know, but did you ever have a moment where where not that you question God, but that you asked, well, why is this happening to me? Well, I mean, that's the first thing you start asking is like, well, okay, I'm going through all this stuff now. What's going on? Mm. Am I being punished for sins? Uh, am I being disciplined? Is it just these things are just happening? Yeah. And how am I going to respond? Right. Um, so you're going through all that, and I think I touched on a bunch of that in the message. It was, I don't know if it was a really coherent coherent message because it was pretty much thoughts that I were going through and kind of tying it all together in case sure. people were going through trials, the various reasons and things that come to your head is why I'm going through them, and I, I was trying to touch on all of them so that they could see that. Even if it is discipline, there is a purpose and all for that mm. that you can still find joy in. So. Yeah. I, I, but, <clears throat> um, talk about that for a, a second, too, because um, I'm, I'm curious. I didn't, I didn't quite understand yesterday, and, and I wanted to get your, a, a, a deeper understanding of where you're coming from on this. But right. when you say, when you take, because when I think of discipline, I think of correction. Mm-hmm. Um, if I discipline my daughters, and I, and, and I differentiate discipline from punishment, by the way. I, I, th- th- those are two different things for me. But if I discipline my daughters, then, um, you know, uh, as, a, as a dad, <clears throat> I consider it as I am correcting an improper attitude or behavior uh, in order to make them, um, you know, uh, behave better or whatever. Right? The, you know, the, the, the idea is to, but it's a correction, right? right? It's a correction. Um, punishment then is the is the means by which to uh, uh, effectively execute discipline. Right. Okay, we'll put it that way. And when I when 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 I think about it like that Hebrews twelve passage, that's how that's how I've always read that. I've always read that as fathers discipline their children, and and God disciplines those whom He loves. Because if He doesn't, then you know if if your father didn't discipline you then it would be evidence that you're not his maybe and if you you know so you expect god to discipline you when you do wrong is what i'm is what i'm reading into that yeah so how are you are you looking at it that way or are you are you offering a different definition of discipline there um well there is physical discipline and the bible does teach that spare the rod spoil the child and, and mm-hmm. in biblical times there was a lot of punishment that way sure. and even with uh, the lord's uh, shepherd, uh, your rod and your staff comfort me. Well, the rod was used to help discipline the sheep as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, I've heard that sermon illustration where the sheep was would keep getting uh, we wander off. Wander off right, they yeah. would break its leg with a rod, yeah, and then then heal its leg, right? Um, so, so I think there is sometimes some form of physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be some physical uh, thing that you're going through that helps you then get to the point where now I've, I've got to deal with this issue right. and I'm, I'm stuck now laying in a bed and I can't really do anything and now's my time to really pray, meditate, and see. But almost, but, 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 but the way I hear that, right, is, is that it's a corrective. Yeah, yeah, and discipline's always for correction. Okay. It's never okay. Meant, meant to be. Right, discipline uh, is, a, is a corrective. Right, right. That's what, that, that, and that's what I was getting. Yes. At. So, um, but you can't say that. Well, you're being punished for your sins <clears throat> as a punishment thing, which is what we normally think of. Mm-hmm. 
but as as hey, you've sinned, and now we need a correction here. Right. Whatever it could be, maybe somebody could lose a, a job, or they could lose a marriage, or they could get uh, um, a disease like cirrhosis of the liver or something like that due mm-hmm. to compounded sins in their life Mm -hmm. and so then the physical takes over and then you have to realize okay i know this is a result of my sin but now how can god use this then if i'm a christian in order to be back come back into the fold and then use my story to help other people see i i I like that because i think so that's kind of what i was trying to get out i didn't really explain it that well i guess but and and i think and i think that's i think what what you said just then is right that whether whether it's coming as a result of of Consequences of actions, yes. or, or whether it's coming because it's just bad junk yeah. that happens, that we can take those moments, and when we trust God, that God can use those moments to bring us to a closer walk with Him. Yeah. And and I heard that in your message yesterday. I really did. Like I could hear how just going through the stuff that you went through. And guys, I'll get to you in a second. I just I wanted I want to touch base with Jeff because honestly, oh, we, we, we've not, we, I mean, we've not had time to really to, to sort of debrief right. with you over. This. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've we've talked about basketball and stuff like that, but we've not we've not sat down and talked about you know how you emotionally processed all this stuff. Um, and and I think this connects to what your message was yesterday too. But um, but how I could I could hear that in your message yesterday, and I'm I'm sure the guys could too that. That through through the experience of not just the fall that that you had and the, the injury and the surgery and all that, but the three losses of life, you know, that, that the people that were close to you and, and I'm sure there were other junk that you were dealing with too. Um, I mean, it has to be difficult to, and I know you're going to talk about this next week, but it has to be difficult to even get to the point where you have to rely on everybody else to do stuff mm-hmm. for you. Especially when you're fiercely independent, you know, and, and stubborn, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying you're stubborn or independent, but you know. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, for 55 years, it was me by myself. Yeah. Pretty much doing everything. Yeah. And it wasn't until I became a we when I got married that I had to learn how to be we, you know. And even then, I mean, I, I see you, and people don't know this, but I know it. I know that you do a, a, a lot of the majority of the running around for your house and stuff. I mean, that's just who you are. It's not because you have to. It's because you, you just enjoy doing it. And so suddenly you can't do those things. And you can't drive. You can't go where you want. You can't even go out to go get your own mail, right? I mean, it's that's got to be hard. Oh, yeah. Um, but in the midst of all of that, um, I could hear it in your message yesterday. It seems as though you found... Um, that didn't. I think you have one of two options there. That's either going to drive you away from God, or it's going to drive you towards yes. God, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I hear it in I hear it in your message, and I, and I, just because I know you as a person too, I think it drove you more towards God. Um, and I really liked the 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 sort of um, uh, what I would call the pivot point of your message, which is that joy is that stabilizing force that helped you to do that. And I, I love the analogy between joy and the, the stabilizing brace that, that you had to wear and stuff. I, I think that's great. We can talk about that a little bit more. But, guys, I, I'll let you chime in now because um, we've, we've talked a lot to Jeff. And um, But what's your take on that? I mean, like, and you have questions for Jeff maybe about, about you know, what he went through and, and how that connects to back to this message. Um. By the way, I think this is good for our listeners too. I'm definitely oh, yeah. not doing oh, yeah. I think this is a, a good conversation. I don't think I have necessarily any questions. Um, I do. I, I I did feel a sense of like, like, basically saying I did. I don't know the cause of why this happened, and there could not be one. But I wanna. I wanna rely. I wanna do two things really. I wanna rely on Christ. I'm hearing you say this. I wanna rely on Jesus to get me through it. And second, I want to I want to see if God can use this for my endurance or for my training. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that God caused it on your life, but can God use this Mm -hmm. situation? Can I grow in this situation? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think for me, those two things are so pivotal when we're going through what we would call Mm -hmm. trials. First, rely on Christ. Just trust him. Trust him. Mm-hmm. Not because I think we we start with questioning like is this mm-hmm. is this you God did you cause this mm-hmm. 
Uh, why is this happening to me? And and I get it. That makes sense. But in your questioning, just make sure that you're you're trusting in in God. Whatever whatever the answers you might come up with for those, because you could play the what if game forever yes. on all of that. There's just tons of what ifs. But there are two things: just trusting in Christ, and then maybe thinking. How can God use me in this? And there's tons of examples in history. Um, I think of one. Well, jo- Jonathan just gave the Fanny Crosby one with uh, the mm-hmm. the eyes. eyes um, there's another one. There's another female in Baptist history, and I just read a lot into this. Um, she was born in a wheelchair, and but she wrote like so much especially baptist literature that went out like a newspaper form mm-hmm. um and so she just kind of saw her situation as an opportunity for growth and how can god use me in this situation and i think um i think jeff just did a good job i think you're probably going to talk about this this coming week but i think in general you did a good job of I mean, I've found myself in this situation. How can I still serve God? And one of those things is is when you got to pray with your brother. Which right. I don't want to. Well, you can talk about that if you want. But I don't want to spoil it. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to come up maybe when I talk about the hope. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Next week I'm going to be concentrating mainly on being that neighbor nearby. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and all the help. Well, I mean, Jeremiah, you just. I mean. You're talking about it in terms of Jeff and, and the, the trials he went through. I mean, you just recently, uh, we're not talking about it, but I mean, you just recently went through some stuff too. I mean, you, you know, questions about your own personal health and doctors running tests on you and, you know, just had a cardiac cath done and all that. And so um, there has to be some of that that goes on with you as well. I mean, you, you, you understand some of the very things you just talked about, like um, questioning why does this happen? Um, but then realizing like what if this thing all uh, all day how, better better yet how can I grow from this right yeah and I I just think that's a good approach I mean it's hard to do it when you're going through it but mm-hmm. yeah just try to try to make the best of the situation and if like I I have planned like all the appointments I've probably been in I was telling Kara like forty different appointments since June and I've probably had. 20 different IVs. I've been poked over a hundred times with needles. Uh, I got bruises all over my arms from, from needles. Y'all can't see them, but, uh, and that's just, it, it, it can be frustrating, but also, um, you can see them as divine appointments. Like I literally have appointments with a doctor that I've, I've spoke with like four or five times now. And I get an opportunity for them to see my faith and cause they're always asking, like, like you said, they're always asking How's your mental health? Like, how are you doing mentally? And I, I never, uh, just being honest, I didn't struggle with depression. I, I still haven't. I, I, I try to be open to like, am I depressed? Am I? And I've just, I've remained optimistic. I've let them do their jobs, but I also want to be a good witness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's me doing two things. Like I said, I'm relying on Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I haven't told anyone this. I guess I should share this. Me and Malachi, uh, uh, we spent some time in prayer uh, on our knees on the bed for me. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I was just wanting, I was just wanting like a direction. God, what can I do to maybe fix my situation? And mm-hmm. uh, it was after that that I went to a, a specific doctor's appointment and they told me I needed to lose weight, which wasn't a surprise, but they actually died. They, they gave me a plan, which I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. And I saw that as kind of an answer to prayer because I, I didn't have much direction. And me and Malachi, Malachi was, oh, he was awesome. But uh, sorry, I'm getting emotional. Try not to. Sorry. But uh, sorry, dude. he, uh, yeah, they, they they gave me a diet plan. I've been on it for three three weeks, and I'm excited. But, yeah, just pray pray for that. Pray that I can lose some weight. Pray that I can stay strong in, in a diet plan. Hopefully it's more of a change of life plan. But mm-hmm. uh, overall, I'm, I'm just trusting in Christ and trying to do my part and trying to see where, where I can grow. So you had this opportunity, though. It's, that sounds really awesome where you got a chance to, to live your, your faith out with your son. And, and model that, what it looks like to, to be concerned and wh- where do we go 
when that when these things happen, what is it? What does it look like for a Christian? Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of the point I was trying to make with point three. That yeah. You know, especially that message that your life, faith life, is on display now, and people. Yeah. You know, show God's glory through this thing. Well, yeah. it was like it was it, I, it was hard on my kids because I kept coming home with you know when you give blood or yeah. have to. You always have the band-aids. And right, I'm, I'm right. on blood thinners, so I've got to I've got to wear them a little bit longer uh, than I guess most people. And so they just constantly see me like, oh, Daddy's got another boo boo. Daddy's got another boo boo, <laughs> and they're concerned for me. So sure, I I wanted to teach them like when you're concerned, you can take those cares to God. What do you mean? And yeah. it was good for me. Like it was just hearing my son pray for me is just so yeah. powerful. But. Yeah. That's awesome. That's that's really awesome. And you know, those those moments that you have. I was just talking to, uh, I was just talking to my daughters yesterday, um, and it, it those moments where, uh, and as dads, we don't always get it right, right? I mean, there are lots of times I don't, I, I get it wrong more than I get it right. But um, Autumn was uh, recalling a time when uh, she had been fighting with her sister and. Uh, they were both little and she said uh, I still remember where I was and what what you know that we were arguing and stuff and you pulled me to the side and had me look up James 1 um, about about being um, slow to be angry be quick to listen and be slow to speak and she said and 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 so she remembers that those those moments resonate she know she knows where to find that because of that moment you know and um, and I didn't know it at the time, but she told me, she said, I even used it later with Hope. And I tried to tell Hope she needed to be slow to get angry to me, you know. She said, she said, I remember one time in particular, I was fighting with her. And I told her, Hope, you need to pray about it. And she said, Hope got mad at me and started hitting me more or whatever. You know? So it was like, <laughs> but but it is, it's, it's cool, um, um, it, you know. It's one thing to read when James says, you know, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and, and that, that um, you know, that uh, uh, knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance. Endurance has to do its complete work so you be mature and complete and lacking nothing. And you read that on paper and you say, okay, well, I need to count it joy when I get into, when, whenever bad stuff happens to me. Um, and bad stuff is inevitably going to happen. You said that, you know, yesterday. I think, yeah, you know, it's. I mean, you know, I, I like I like what the what the one pastor says. Uh, no, you know, it's. I don't know who said it, but the, everybody's either getting ready to go into a storm, they're in a storm currently, or they're coming out of one. But you're always in one of those three spots, and storms are just an inevitable part of life. And so, um, but it's another thing entirely when we're able to practically live out. James two, James one two, um, to show our children, um, to show them how to count it joy, how to deal with stuff, how to deal with anger, how to deal with um, you know, you know, getting um, getting boo boos, you know, from the doctor, how to deal with you know those kinds of things, or showing your congregation, Jeff, in your in your case, and and other, not even just people in your congregation, but people who would come and visit you, what it looks like for a Christian to go through this. Um, it's it's uh, it's 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 one thing to do that, and, and another thing entirely to to just to know it is one thing. To read it in, in James and say, okay, well, I need to consider great joy, but to live that out is different. And Blake, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna join, I'm gonna pull you into this conversation because you know um, you're not you're not foreign to any of this either. I mean, mm-hmm. you've you've dealt with your fair share of trials over the last little bit as well. And, um, uh, you know, I'll give you a chance to chime in here as well. So Yeah, and it was uh, the first year of being here at Rose of Sharon. The people, the church was great. I've loved it. Um, But kind of on the more personal side, the first six months was, wow. I mean, I get uh, about six months into my first pastorate, and I have a broken engagement. Right. And... That was that was really really rough because um, you know there's a passage in First Timothy three for when it talks about like qualifications for the overseers mm-hmm. and um, and uh, I was actually telling you that whenever it all went down I was you know I don't usually like like to cry in public right. but I remember I was coming in my office and I think Jeff was coming in to say something to me and he sees me just like <laughs> right. you know like the floodgates have opened I'm like well. 
there's no coming back from it now. So, right, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was a he was a great comfort to me that day. But I, yeah, and there was a there's a passage that talks about if uh, overseer can't um, control like goes what. Manage like, his own house. Yeah, manage his own household. Yeah. Well, like, how's he going to take care of the house of God? And, like, looking back now, I mean, I can see, you know, that was, like, you know, the enemy kind of, like, twisting Scripture to get at me. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Because um, I think it was Jeff. He's like, bro, you weren't even married. You didn't even have a yeah, house. Yeah, you didn't have a household. It's Right. And so, but I just, there was so much, like, shame and guilt there and like just overbear because I'm like I'm like I couldn't even keep an engagement I'm like how am I supposed to be a good example to the kids and their family you know they go I mean there was just a lot of like uh I mean depression there and a lot of uh healing that had to come from that and counseling and which uh you know on the side note that's okay to have Jesus and a therapist too Um, yeah no I think no I think you're absolutely right you know because I think a lot of us you know, we try to, you know, just have this tough mentality. And there's, there comes a point, you know, you might get broken enough to where you can't do it on your own. Yeah. And so there was a lot of, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of lessons I've learned. And then um had another relationship that, hell, my word, it just went south quick. And um, just lots of overbearing. And then, you know, I have a brother whom I love real, real dearly and just not a, not a great situation there. But So there's a lot of. A lot of stuff, you know, hadn't been easy, but I'm thankful looking back that I've gone through it because um, I don't think God caused any of that or anything, you know, right. but I think he has used that to help me realize, like, hey, look, you need to learn how to suffer well. Right. And I, I've seen that as a theme kind of throughout the Scripture. I think of, like, Psalm 119, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the Psalms. Um, like, it's okay to lament before God. There's a whole book of the Bible that's about lamenting before God. Right, right. Um, and I think of uh, like the churches in Revelation that John was writing to, who they were enduring like a lot of suffering, and he was writing it as an encouragement of like, hey, in the end, Christ is going to win. He's already won the victory, mm-hmm. and the total fruition of that it's coming. Um, and so there was a lot that uh, I think the Lord has helped use me to grow me. Um, you know, obviously, when we're talking with a great and infinite God, you know, there's getting into His mind and His wisdom. You know, there's a infinite amount of things that could have been the reason. I don't know, but I know that uh, um, I appreciate what you said because you're either going to go towards Christ mm-hmm. or it's going to push you away. Yeah, and. Sadly, there were some moments where I felt kind of pushed away. Yeah. Um, but what I've noticed is, you know, the Lord and His goodness, you know, He does love those who, who are His, you know. He's mm-hmm. going to, you know, be correcting. And I've been able in ways I never would have thought to be able to um, help people through their struggles when they've gone through some struggles like that. And I'm thankful that I went through them now because I feel like I'm a little bit able to more empathize a little bit better and sympathize. Whereas if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have been as empathetic and sympathetic. You oh, know? Sure, so sure, I, sure. so I'm really thinking, you know, hindsight's 2020. Well, <laughs> so, like always, yeah. always. And so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of struggle, but I think struggling well together is something that I think really should be a mark of the church. Mm. Um, because throughout, you look throughout the new Testament, mm. I mean, there's a lot of struggles. Mm-hmm. Lots of struggles. I mean, Peter says, "Cast all your cares on the Lord, for He cares for you." And um, there's a lot of mixed emotions too when you do go through trials. Yeah. And I think it's okay to be honest with God. I mean, He knows what you're feeling anyway. Right. Um, and I think you know, there's going to be times. I think you're going to be mad at God. I know there was times I don't like admitting it. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm still a prideful human. <laughs> but you know, about a a year ago, I mean, I was super mad at God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at first I didn't really handle that super well, but through the help of, you know, counseling and um, friends and the church, you know, what one or two people might have done, I, you know, the Lord provided eight to ten people more to show me the goodness of the Lord. Yeah, you know? that's, so, that's awesome. 
And so there's a, it helps kind of change your perspective because like a, and a lot of people, they go through hurt with the church, but I think a lot of it's perspective because a lot of times we can focus on hurt, but we tend to forget about the goodness that is shown to us by the church, mm-hmm. you know, and just mm-hmm. people in my realm that have really helped me out. Mm-hmm. And so uh, um, I know that's kind of like my spiel, but like through a, the joy and trials no, to bring I mean, back with the joy. Um, it, it's good to share this because I think that sometimes people look at pastors or ministers and think we're immune to all this stuff, and we're just not. I mean, we're 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 human, just like everybody else is. We cry, we yeah. hurt, we do those things. Um, you know, I shared the story. I'm not going to share the entire story here because it's uh, it's too long of a story. But I shared with my life group yesterday about. Um, when I first moved to North Carolina and how something I went through uh, from a ch- from a from another church and through a whole process very nearly uh, caused me to leave the ministry. I just I, I, I was I was done with it. I was absolutely done with it. Uh, didn't want to didn't want to consider doing any more pastoral work at all. I was I was finished. Well, and if you look and, through, oh sorry, well, no, that's okay. I I, I was going to say. Um. After I kind of went through that period of, of anger and, and being upset, um, God is so much, a, I talk about this and I use this, uh, use this terminology a lot if, you, if you're around me, but God is woven into the fabric of my being. My, my Christianity is, a, is, is so woven into who I am. I cannot separate myself from it. And so even though I was upset and angry and, and saying, I don't want to do this any longer, in the end, I found myself saying, okay, I need to at least look and see what Scripture has to say about how I deal with trials. And I ended up in Genesis looking at Joseph mm-hmm. and looking at the life of Joseph. And here's a guy who he didn't ask for, for any, any of this stuff to happen to him. He, in fact, did all the right things and still was still ended up, um, you know, he being accused of something he didn't do, and he was he was basically thrown into prison for something that wasn't even his fault. Um, so, because of the bad choices of other people, he suffers. And you think well, that guy, if anybody had a good rationale or a good excuse for saying, "I'm done." I'm done being your tool, God. I'm done being your minister, God. That would be the guy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that guy would be like, you know, all right, look, if this is the way it's going to be, if you're just going to use everybody else to just bring pain and dirt down on my head, then why do I want to serve you? But what you find when you study Joseph is you find this idea that he, and I'm going to use your wording here, Jeff, he chooses, there's, there's an act there's an act in his part. He chooses to remain faithful to God. Mm-hmm. Or like he chooses joy, right, in the midst of all this. And God blesses him as a result. And um, even when Joseph doesn't know, he has no clue what's going to happen in chapter 41 of Genesis. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know that God's going to bless him beyond belief. He's sitting in a prison cell. He thinks he's going to die there. Right. But even though he thinks he's going to die there, he doesn't abandon his faith. He 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 continues Jeremiah to rely on uh, not on Christ, but you know he, he relies he relies on God and he, and he continues to be faithful to God. And I thought, okay, so maybe that's what I need to do too. And 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 it and it caused me to 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 do the same in my life to say, okay, this junk has happened to me. Wasn't my fault. And, and quite frankly, it stinks. Um, and I'm still upset about it. But I'm not going to let that like negatively affect my relationship with God. I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose worship. I'm going to choose joy in the midst of this. I'm going to choose to continue to be faithful. And so I can't put. I put my resume out there again. Got rejected one more time. And then put my resume out there and found myself here at Rosa Sharon. And and then and, and God just God really blessed me. And one of, one of the things I shared with with um, uh, with my life group yesterday was this: is that so often when bad things happen, some of it I mean, some of it is just stuff like you 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 lose somebody you love, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not anybody's. That's not any one person's fault necessarily. Well, that's why I think when he uses that various trials of different kinds, it's, yeah, it can be anything. Yeah, it can yeah. be 
you caused it or it could have been it just happened. <laughs> just happened. But it's still a trial. Right. It's still something you're going through, right? Mm-hmm. And um, But sometimes things do happen because somebody else's bad yeah. choices. But when you remain faithful, just because they're going to miss out on a blessing or they're going to miss out on things, God's not going to punish you for their disobedience. Right. And so I, I think that there's there's blessings to be had in remaining faithful. And, 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 and I think that's part of what you were talking about yesterday. And the question then becomes... All right, great. I hear you guys talk about this, but how do I go about choosing joy? Mm. How do I choose joy when everything around me sucks? I mean, let's just be honest, yeah, right? right? How do I choose that, Jeff? How do I how do I choose joy in the midst of a big pile of, you know, junk? Yeah. And I think he gives you that answer in verse 3 and 4 where he says, you know, these trials are going to uh, produce patience in your life. And uh, and then that patient has to have its work. So you know, I mean, he's saying we know this is going to happen. He, it's it's not like uh, it's hidden from us, right? And so, so I'm going through this. And I know there's got to be a bigger purpose for it. So now I've got to figure out what that purpose is. You know, what's what's God trying to do? Like Jeremiah's talking about through me and help me grow and help me to become more mature. Yeah, uh, because the thing about joy is. Um, it's not it's not joy that comes from within us. It's it's a gift of the spirit, and it's God's joy wanting to be manifested through us. And uh, but we still have to choose it, don't we? I mean, yeah. So we, you choose. There's still there's still an is. So you have to still choose, an act of will, yeah, right? So you have to choose to accept it, and then choose to then display it or express it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, but you can't like what happens to a lot of people. They either put fake joy on, yeah, and they're. Putting this big smile and this happy face, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm at church. I gotta be happy around everybody. But inside, they're just like torn all to pieces. Mm-hmm. So you can't fake it. It right. just he couldn't fake it in front of Malachi. It right. has to be real. And then through all that, pro- and I couldn't fake it in front of y'all and the people right. taking care of me. I had to express it and show it. And then the more you talk about it, and the more you go through it, then you realize, okay, there is there is light at the end of the tunnel, and I can you know, survive this and I can right. be used by God, which goes back to what Blake was saying. Now you're able to comfort other people. Right. Because I've never looked, I've never been in the hospital overnight for anything. Mm-hmm. Never had any major surgery. I have minor surgeries and all. Right. For a major problem, but but never anything where I had to spend the night and go through something like this. Now right. I've ministered to dozens upon dozens upon dozens of people here was just sharing. Mm-hmm. They've been through various trials, very similar things similar things but from a perspective like i haven't never dealt with anything like this right so it kind of changed my perspective then on okay now i see what a lot of these people have been going through Mm -hmm. and i was trying to encourage them and help them but i've never experienced it now i'm experiencing so i was was preaching my own messages back to me the things i was saying to people to try to encourage them and help them yeah right through the process so i had to kind of like talk to myself the same things I was telling other people mm-hmm. uh, to help them along. Uh, and then people that, like Judy Hilliard and Keith helped me out, and they're going, you know, she's went through several trials and things like that. Yeah, she's in this um, chemo, chemo And so you got somebody like that that's, yeah. her doctor, the doctor I have was the same doctor she had, mm. and things like that. And then like Parmy, you know, I was walking with him through his struggles, his surgery and all. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, okay, these people made it through. Mm-hmm. I can make it through. Yeah. So so the, so I think that's what J- James is trying to get the people to see, that you're going through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. People are watching you. Mm-hmm. They're watching how you're going to respond. Mm-hmm. And so if they're demonstrating joy in the midst of all this persecution, then the people that are actually persecuting them or actually people think they're doing God's work, like, like Saul was, they're going to go, okay, there's something different about these people. Right. That they can go through all this stuff that I'm going through anyway because we're all going to face trials, whether you're a believer or unbeliever. Mm-hmm. We're all going to face problems. But there's something different. These people have a joy or a peace about them that I wish I had during this thing. Right. And I think that's what I was trying to get at. Uh, with this sermon and, right. and what I was processing through. Yeah. I wonder what it looks like um, just practically when we when we choose joy. What is it? What, what does it look like when a believer chooses joy? Uh, or, or, you know, not just uh, because uh, 
you know, you mentioned the, the sort of fake version of that. Mm-hmm. And I think choosing joy, Jeremiah, doesn't always mean choosing happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, so, what, I mean, what does it look like when a believer chooses joy over uh, not actively choosing joy? Yeah. Uh, I, I will say that if, if it's like the animated happiness, like, mm-hmm. like you look like you're just loving suffering. I would call you a maniac. I mean, <laughs> so that's clearly not what we mean. Right. Uh, and and I don't think... Because we, we can talk about, and all of us, and, and we just kind of share our stories, we talked about looking back, and that's where we found the most joy, mm-hmm. is when we looked back. But then the question becomes, how do we do it when we're in it? Yeah. How do we... And, and what does it look like? And I can't I can't say I know... What it would look like from the outside, um, but I would think it just looks like everyday trust in Jesus, like not not worry, uh, although there is some worrying, not anxiety, although there there is some anxiety, but mm-hmm. but just everyday like. I guess the most practical thing I can tell you is the same thing I tell my kids when they hurt themselves, and I can't help. I'm a dad. This this is how I think now. Um, Every time they hurt themselves, I find myself telling them, because it, it works, and it's true, uh, it's not going to hurt forever. Right. This won't last forever. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I think that's the most practical advice, really. Right. When you're going through a trial, to just remember, this won't last forever. Yeah. Yeah, on that note, I think I think a key... I think a key uh, cog in that understanding is is something you're touching on right there which is the 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 and you mentioned it yesterday i think in passing to jeff that this has to do with having a uh, an eternal perspective on things rather than having a temporal perspective yeah that's when i brought in james 112 yeah where it talks about you'll have that crown of life against you. right so so often what happens is you know and we talked a little bit about this last week we we have difficulty seeing beyond the curtain of now, right? We we don't we don't want to we and when we're going through bad times especially because suffering is painful and pain is in the here and the now and it's really hard to think of it in terms of anything beyond the now. Mm-hmm. You know, even for a kid, right? I, you know, or mostly for a kid. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz you 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 know all of us who are adults, we know you stub your toe, you just got to get through the initial pain. Right. It stinks. You hate it. Right. But if you can get through that initial pain, as long as you're not bleeding out or whatever. Right. Something's broken. Right. You know it's it's temporary. You right. can feel it. Yeah. And so we know that from experience. But for kids, they just, dude, it's the worst. Yeah. They just... They get hurt and they just think it's the worst pain. It's never going away. Daddy, do something. That's why you kiss it. You, yeah. <laughs> the only yeah. thing that kissing does is it 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 makes them wait even longer. Right. They were already getting over the pain. Yeah. This is how it works. Yeah. And so for me, like really, just knowing. I mean, this is part of maturity. Just knowing, like. It doesn't matter the situation. Whatever that trial, the various trial, whatever it is, in comparison to eternity, it won't last forever. Yeah. This is not a forever problem. Yeah. Well, and like when I was going through it, my doctor was telling me all that at the very first visit. Yeah. And I wasn't hearing it. You know, yeah, it's like it's like your doctor like, was your father when you were a kid. <laughs> you don't want to hear it because it just stinks. well, it's not that I didn't want to hear it. It's just I couldn't see it. I like yeah. I'm you know that I just I don't believe I don't believe I'm going to get over this. I just can't I can't in my mind I couldn't wrap my mind around it. But but because he's the doctor and he knows yeah. and he's he's healed other people and he's brought other people through, then. I had to trust. I mean, like, I don't really believe it, but I trust you, and I'll start doing what you tell me to do. Slowly yeah. but surely, and then working with my rehab guy, then I'm getting to the point where now I'm, you know, a little bit more mobile than it was before. And I can now see, because I'm up walking around now, so, but if I just lay there, refuse to listen to anybody, and just cried and whined, and I'm not going to do anything about it, then then I didn't choose 
the joy and to do the next step. And that's what discipline and helping us and growing is all about. This patience, you've got to take the next step to get you to the next step to get you to the next step. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. I mean, choosing joy in the midst of trials or counting it joy when, you, when, you, when you're surrounded in trial or when you're, whether, whether it's persecution or whether it's accidental stuff that's happened, whatever the bad thing it is you're currently going through. The thing is, is it's, not, it's, it's, never, um, it's never really just like a one-time thing. It's not mm-hmm. like, okay, today, I, you know, in this Happy moment. Happy but <laughs> yeah, I'm tomorrow gonna, I'm like. It's, <laughs> it, it seems to be, it, 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 it's a process, yes. right? And just, just you know. Um, the, trust like, the process. Yeah, it's, it, it, and it's like you said, Jeremiah. It's it looks like it's not just a uh, choosing joy is not just a one time thing. This is something that's an everyday trust kind of thing. And 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 and, and I want I want to say joy there because I differentiate joy from happiness in in the yeah. sense of joy is an eternal thing. That's true. Um, and I see joy as as. Eternal, eternal, and sourced from God and sourced from the gospel, whereas happiness is temporary and is fleeting and, and can be based found on circumstances. and can be found in lots based of things and based on circumstances. And joy is just regardless of your circumstance. It's it's something You're external from yourself, Christ. right? But I think so many people uh, sort of equivocate those things. Or yeah. they, 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 uh-huh. they they they. They, they take joy and happiness and make them the same. So when we say, as pastors, or when they read in James, count it joy when you fall, they think that it means that i got to be happy mm-hmm. about, about the fact that I just fell down those stairs and tore my quadriceps. I'm supposed to be happy about that. <laughs> I'm right. supposed to be like, oh, God, I'm so glad that this happened. <laughs> no, I that's not accurate. No. How, how can, you know, or, or, you know, my girl, my, my, my fiancé just, you know, broke up our engagement. God... My life couldn't Praise get any God. better. Praise yeah. God. This is Double awesome. Double my time. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, it's all right. and, and, so, and so that's absolutely the opposite of what we're trying to say. And, and, and you know, no wonder some people, when I'm thinking, thinking out loud here, but it's no wonder some Christians fall into depression because of this. Because then they look and go, well, I can't be happy in this. I'm really, I'm, 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 I'm struggling to be happy here. And if I'm not happy, then I must not have joy at all. And and so therefore there's something wrong with me, right? Or I can't I, I don't understand this this Christian thing. Well um, and it's you know, I think you gotta remind yourself, you know, it's okay to not be okay sometimes. Yeah. Um and like not like I'll be straight up on like, you know, the Bible says that it was for the joy set before him that Jesus endured the cross, but I can't imagine he was happy getting nailed his wrist he's nailed. Not throwing a party. No, no right? he's not he endured it for the joy. Yeah. Yeah. And, of us coming into the kingdom. Yeah. And in yeah. fact I that I started off that passage about the discipline with that passage. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. I mean, like, like nobody reasonable would say, yeah, Jesus was just like, you know, like you said, like throwing a party. Right. You know, when, you know, when he's suffering from a, a what, a suspiciation. Six, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Appreciate the help there. Um, and, uh, you know, there's just no way. But the joy, you know, it sometimes the joy, I think, comes after the trials mm-hmm. sometimes but you look back and you are joyful that you the, did go through them the happiness might come after the, the right. happiness might come well, too. and the whole thing is you got to find or some reflection yeah the way i kind of deal with things y'all know me i kind of i'm like a jokester or kind of a punster and mm-hmm. yeah. quips and all and so looking at what happened and then telling it so that people can see it and then laugh about it yeah then that brings part of your joy back too like okay so this happened to me and then you explain something to somebody and you you see this mind picture and everything and so they're laughing and you're laughing because you know that's part of it it's but you can't just you can't just manufacture that it's it's got to come from from god that that holy spirit working because the the difference is if you don't choose joy your only option then is to choose to be unjoyed and that's probably not really a word, but I would, I would, put, <laughs> I would put bitterness. Yeah, then. yeah. So now, and you can see Christians as well as uh, people you know, even maybe even some people maybe in our church may be struggling with this, where, where they couldn't choose joy. And so now they have bitterness in their life and they have bitterness in their heart. They have bitterness towards people or, or towards circumstances and things like that. And they never get over it. Mm-hmm. 
and they never get back to where they need to be. And then their their Christian life, their Christian walk then becomes stunted and and basically stopped. Mm-hmm. And they can't mature anymore. Yeah. So it's so crucial for that maturity. Well, I was going to say, you know, your second point is that we can have joy because we know the testing of our faith produces patience, right? And that's what James says. But, or, or endurance. I actually like, I like, mm-hmm. I like the word endurance there a lot. Um, because, but that only happens that the, the, the trial will only produce that endurance in your life if you're actively choosing joy to begin with. Right. You have to kind of, um, you have to decide. Okay, I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to look at this with an eternal perspective. I'm going to look at this and trust God in this, um, even though um, I'm surrounded by junk on all sides. I'm going to trust God in this process, and and in so doing, James is right. What's going to happen is you're going to. Um, you're that that trusting God in the midst of that. The more times you do that. The stronger that relationship gets with God, the more you're able to endure. The more, the the more junk you know does. Not that it doesn't ever like you never get to the point where it, it just ceases to bother you. But you get to the point where you know, okay, I know where I'm going now. I know yeah. I, I know what I need to do. Maybe the first time that that happens, you know, going to your example, Jeremiah, with the kids. Um, you know, the first time you ever tell your kid it's not going to hurt forever, they're like, yes, it is, yeah. right? It's going to hurt forever. You don't understand, stop. right? It will stop. But this, but then they, they see that it doesn't hurt forever. And the second time that it happens, you're like, it's not going to hurt forever. They're like, you, you know, and they might, they might think of it. This time it will. Right, right. This time it will. <laughs> and, but, then, but then it doesn't. But then eventually, you, you know, that third or fourth time you tell them that, they're like, you're right. I remember that it doesn't hurt forever, and eventually you learn that lesson, right? And you learn, and you begin to 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 get endurance, you know. Because think of it, if if we <laughs> if if we dealt with pain the same way that your children deal with pain at two and three, if we still dealt with pain, we would be intolerable people to be around. <laughs> like if every time bad pain happened, that we behaved like a toddler about it. Then, then you know we couldn't function in the world. I mean, it would, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, and so, I think it's the same way with our walk with God in some ways. Is that like um, whether it's persecution or, and I think James is is largely talking about persecution here. But, but um, whatever it is, uh, that that the more times we go and rely on God. The more we're going to be, the the more we're going to be able to endure. The stronger we're going to grow, and 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 but that only happens when we trust Him, when we listen to Him. If your kids stop listening to you, then they're just going to keep having that same mindset every time. They won't ever, they won't ever get past it, right? But eventually, they trust you, and they learn to listen to you, and they trust what you have to say to them, and it helps them to endure. And I think it's the same way with God. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, like even uh, I didn't. I'm dealing with it with with Zoe because uh, it works so well with Malachi. Mm-hmm. So Malachi, I don't even have to tell him anymore. You can see when he hurts himself, he'll let you know because we all do, really. Right. right. <laughs> Stub your toe, you'll let people know. Uh, but I could see in him, like, all right, I just got to tough this out. Got to tough this out. Like it's not. Because mm-hmm. um, he's just he's getting tougher and he's he's learned that lesson. He knows it's not going to last forever. Right. So like when you get a cramp, what you do is you know the cramp's not going to last forever. You know some ways of getting through that initial pain and stretching out or whatever. We all do that, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's I think it just applies so well to what we're talking about. Yeah. And uh, uh, this might take us a different direction but I'm, I'm thinking of a way we could put this in our own words that makes a little bit more sense because you i mean you got to admit when you read that you're like this stuff this doesn't make any sense what does he actually mean <laughs> mm-hmm. and i'm thinking this is what james is trying to say correct me if i'm wrong okay. but he's saying something like this when trials come don't waste the opportunity mm-hmm. To trust in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good like paraphrase. Yeah, yeah. Not that you should always paraphrase the Bible, but I like to put it in my own words. Of, I, I think that's what he's saying. Trust Christ through it. 
Yeah, like well, use and don't this, and don't miss that opportunity. Use this to, opportunity, right, in, as a means to trust in Christ, right. Especially because you're right. I think he's talking mainly about persecution. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, especially when you get down. Well, when you get down to to verse twelve, when he continues the trial talk, he's talking about both persecution and temptation, right? Which he makes very clear. Neither one of them come from God. They don't stand. They're not caused by God. Right, right, right. But there's circumstances you find yourself in, especially with temptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, those desires that come from within yourself. Um, but he, he's saying don't waste do- that that opportunity as a means to trust in to trust me. Yeah, yeah. I like so that. just don't wait. Because when you find, uh, Jeff's right, when you find yourself in a trial, there's there's really two responses. You can waste it or not waste it. Or you can have joy or have bitterness. It's mm-hmm. kind of like saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to use this as as an opportunity to, to not show my faith, to test my faith? But to grow in your faith. And to grow. Sort of grow in your faith is going to obviously, when you grow, you show. I mean, it's, yeah. we never grow just for, a, we're not like a... You know, we're always growing and we have spiritual gifts, not for myself, but it's always a part of your growth is it automatically goes to expand where other people can grow. Yeah, yeah. Right. So. I had a pastor tell me or tell the church one time, um, he was preaching kind of like on trials and he said that uh, God doesn't waste pain. And that's something that's always kind of stuck with me is that mm-hmm. God doesn't waste your pain. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're listening in and you feel like your pain right now has no purpose. You know, just realize God doesn't waste it. You might not know the purpose. You might not ever realize the purpose. But God's not going to waste what you're going through. And he's going to be there with you. Yeah. I, I, I tried to stay, just from a from a personal standpoint, I, yeah. I, I, I want to key on what you just said. Yeah. We sometimes don't know the purpose. No. We don't know the purpose. Right. I, um, Unless he tells you, I would be careful playing, like I said, the what-if game. Yeah, right? Yeah. Because um, we don't know. Well, we know one purpose, according to him, is our maturity. Well, so, it can be. But we don't know what the it, the overall purpose is. I think it can be. I don't think that, that, that God sends these things specific. Like, okay, the only way that I'm going to be able to mature Jeremiah is to is to have him fall and break his leg. No, right? no, no, no. Right. That's not what I'm saying. Right. And I, well, no, I'm not saying you are. I'm saying I, I'm, I'm clarifying. If you, if you think about like what, what James was addressing was this persecution. We right. know, looking back, because we've read Acts, that Saul's going to come in and then people are going to be scattered. And he writes this letter because he's in Jerusalem his, for his congregation, but then it gets sent out to all the other Jewish believers wherever they're scattered at. Mm-hmm. Well, we know the rest of the story. Eventually, the Gentiles are going to come to faith too. Right. And you've got a group of people now that have been huddled, the huddled people that have been persecuted. Um, and now they have an opportunity to bring other people in to the flock of God, the Gentiles. Right. Um, and then, and then so, so this is all crucial because, it's like I said before, if, if you're looking at these people and there's no difference between them and me, and I'm going through junk. They're going through junk. They're just as bitter as I'm just as bitter. Mm-hmm. My co-worker or whatever. But if I'm going through something and they're going through it and I'm bitter, but I'm looking at them they're like, wait a minute, there's something different about it. They've got some kind of peace or some kind of stabilizing right. force in their right. life. They're joyous and like, like, they just lost their mom, but they are they seem to be joyful about it. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on? And it opens up an opportunity then for a witness. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was the greater purpose for uh, James with the church to get these people prepared because they they didn't see the bigger picture yet. Yeah, and yeah. we still don't see the bigger picture. Right, and I think that's especially true with persecution. Right. Yes. Uh, Jeremiah and I were having this discussion I think last night. We were talking about this this sermon and, and talking. So they about didn't deserve to be persecuted, but they got persecuted. Right. When persecution comes in particular, I think that the 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 per, the that that there there it, it feels like there is a purpose to that. Right. I mean, like that the. That enduring through that actually is is uh, is when a Christian endures persecution, um, and in fact, when you look at when Jesus is talking um, about pers- about about trials, it's often in terms of persecution. Yeah. Uh, Peter, when he talks about fiery trials, it's about persecution. 
Uh, you know, that, because mm-hmm. I, that that's that's something that that seems to be okay. When this happens to you, when you're persecuted for faith, just know mm-hmm. that there's a reason that 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 there there, there is there is there's um, uh, purpose or meaning behind that. Does that make sense, Jeremiah? Yeah. So I think. <clears throat> I like to talk about it in terms of like how it's done wrong or thought wrong. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes we think, uh, I'm I'm getting persecuted because I'm a Christian, or I'm going through a trial because I'm trying to be a good person, or because I'm a Christian. When in reality, you might you might be receiving uh, a trial because. Because you were just a jerk to someone, yeah, and they're just responding, right? But but Jesus Jesus makes it really clear, and I think James makes it clear that when you're going through persecution, actual persecution, meaning that there's a trial that's come upon you because of your faith, right? So thinking of like Paul, he's in prison, not because he broke the law, mm-hmm. but because of his faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did break the law, but he broke the law because of his faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just countless things. He's stoned, almost stoned to death without trials and all those things that he goes through. He goes through them because of his faith. Right. And it's easy to see then. I think it's probably easier to go through through that knowing that, all right, the purpose is I'm supposed to be a light that shines to a dark world. Right. I, right. I, I am God's representative. And and if they kill Jesus this way or if they if they persecuted Jesus, they're going to persecute me. He right. says that. Right. And so if they treated him like that, I should expect to be treated like that. But you shouldn't expect to be treated like that if you're just acting like a jerk. <laughs> like <laughs> right, right. Like yeah. If you're just being mean or just Well Peter even says that, right? He talks about about the difference between being persecuted, being persecuted for your faith, and being yeah. persecuted for something you actually deserve to be persecuted for. Yeah. Right. I mean, like he talks, he talks about that. He makes a difference. I think it's Peter that makes the difference there. And I think you're right. Yeah, but I'm just the passage I quoted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I put that in there, but just because it was very similar to what James was saying. Right. But it was a different context. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I do think, um, and we're we're running out of time here, so we'll have to close it. Uh, unfortunately, this has been a great discussion. I've, I've really enjoyed yeah. today. Um, but I, I do think that uh, that persecution in particular has a purpose, and that is be that to be that 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 light um, in the midst of that of, of that darkness, or the, you know, to, to remain true, remain true to your faith, so that uh, not only does it grow you as a person, but it's also, like you said, a way of expressing uh, joy uh, in the midst of in the midst of the persecution and, and such. So. There, it seems like purpose is pretty easy to, to ascertain. But, but man, when, when, when accidents happen, natural disasters, I, I hesitate to try and give an explanation for that. I don't because I don't know why. Like, you know, and, you know, we, we talked about this um, when, um, when hurricanes have hit before, um, you know, like in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Certain Christian leaders have stood up and said, "It was God's punishment." Yeah, yeah. And Mardi Gras. How, how do you know that? You don't know that. You don't know why that happened, and you're not God unless God specifically told you that. You don't know that, and and you know, or or, or why certain people, you know, why 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 uh, I would hesitate to try and tell some some um, some woman who who confesses that their father abused them or something, right? Oh well, that's just so God can grow you. That's I, no, nah, I, that that's yeah. or you don't say things nah. like that. But there are people who who oh, yeah, who do yeah, that. That's the wrong application of this verse. It is absolutely the wrong. That's application the definition of, this of being a jerk. Well, no. yeah, well, it's 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 not just being a jerk. It's being insensitive, right? And and it's it's not and it's it's doing abuse to 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 what I think James is trying to say here. What you were saying yesterday. Well, I mean, like if I went and visited somebody, and they were hurt. I'm like, come on, snap out of it. Get your joy. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is what it says here in the Bible. Right. You know? And that's what a lot of people do. That's why I think with the depression thing a lot of times is that's the way people treat people that are going through tough times, especially in the church. Like, oh, you need to be happy. You need to have a smile on your face. What's wrong with you? You need to be like the rest of us. And that's not true. <laughs> no, no. You know? No, it's, it's not. not and again, that's being insensitive. Jeremiah, you had something else you were going to say, I think. I was just, yeah. I think part of the problem is is when you start trying to say God. Uh, this this 
this is probably we shouldn't start here. But, uh, <laughs> well, we, anytime you say that God, I hesitate to say any trial mm-hmm. is from God, mm-hmm. meaning that God purposefully put you in this trial. Because mm-hmm. I think every text seems to suggest that trials are going to happen. but And he's with you during the trial. And he's with you during it. Yeah. Not that he puts you there. And the reason yeah. I say that is because I have this idea in my head of like the jerk coach. I think I told you this last night. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's the coach. He wants to put you into the trial. And this is the coach's God in the scenario, just to clarify. But the, there's this coach. He puts you into a scenario. He knows you can get out of it. He wants you to rely on him. But my thought is, is look, if, if God put me in the trial, why would I cry out to the one who put me here? Mm-hmm. Why would I ask him for help? He's right. the one who put me here. Right. And I think I just think that that's, that's not how it works. I don't think God put you there, but I think that he wants to grow you. Like, see it as an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to trust in God. Right. I, li- I like what Jeff said just a minute ago, that God didn't put you there, but God is with you there. And that's that's there's a differentiation. Right. right? And but even it, if you look at what you're going through as discipline, even if in your mind you think, well, God's doing this to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I get the answer for the discipline too, that he does it for a reason and purpose. If that's the way you look at it and you think of it, that I'm being disciplined by God, and he goes, well, well, rejoice because that proves you're a son. Yeah. You're not yeah. illegitimate. Yeah. yeah. And if you go through life and you can get away with doing all this stuff and nothing ever happens to you, you never feel guilty about it, you never feel like you have any consequences, mm-hmm. then, yeah, then, then maybe you're not really a son or a child of God or a daughter of God. Sure. So so it's all intertwined and interrelated, but it's all about him getting you through it and trusting him to give you the the, the tools you need to get yeah. through it. Yeah. yeah. The coping mechanism in my case was a walker and a stabilizer brace yeah. <laughs> and, and people that I had to rely on. You know? Right. And we're gonna talk about the people you relied yeah. on next, next week, week. Yep. when we when we get together. Um I don't know if it'll be on Monday or not. It depends on my travel plans. I'm I'm having to take autumn to go see colleges and stuff and we may be gone this coming weekend so i don't know when we're coming when we'll be back just depends on how i can make that work uh so if we don't do it on monday we'll do it on wednesday um but uh this is going to wrap it up for today um thank you guys for being open and honest today and just um it's been a great conversation Uh, yeah it's been really good hope you've enjoyed this uh if you have questions or uh, maybe you're going through something and you just want somebody to talk to uh, about that and help you to see how you can find joy in, in the midst of your trials. Um, we don't always have all the answers, but we're certainly here for you. We'll pray with you, help you out any way we can. Email us at rosbcpastors at gmail.com and we'll be happy to talk to you. Well, that's going to do it for today, folks. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this one, and we will see you on the next one. So long.